0: Hi guys and welcome to the ACM podcast. This week we're joined by Chris Speed, Olympic weightlifter. We talked about uh, such things as starting his own business, his background in rugby, moving his uh, training platform online and his ties with WIT Fitness. Really good episode guys, hope you enjoy.
1: I'll just jump into the first question. One thing that we often kick off the podcast with is finding out a bit about our guests' background in fitness I mean where it started if there was a sport before weightlifting or training if there was you know football or rugby for example so I guess the question for you is was there a sport that came first I mean obviously from your Instagram there's a kind of rugby background there I mean yeah maybe just a little introduction to how you got to the point you are
2: now in your fitness journey. Um, Yeah I think that when I think about like sports and stuff I think I always think of Rugby being the first one, but then, um, I don't know if you guys know, there's a guy called Andrew Tracy on, um, he works like Mental Health and Bulldog,
1: yeah, yeah, we had him on yesterday, uh, on the podcast, (laughs) all right, yeah, we 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 had him on and uh, we actually got it uploaded uh, this afternoon, we haven't really promoted it yet, but it is it is live, but yeah, Andrew Tracy, yeah, it's a great guy,
2: yeah, so he was talking about how like before he got into any team sports and stuff, he did like BMX and like you know, parkour and stuff, and when I think that's what I did first, it was skateboarding all oh, right a little bit and like basically just like most kind of like individual like kind of like the extreme sports i suppose you call it so that's where yeah. i first mm-hmm. started actually learning about de- like deliberate practice of things and actually like training for stuff mm. then rugby was where i would say that was where i consciously went oh i'm training for a sport now yeah and that's that when i was like maybe i mean when i was 13 14 i just played like madden on like nintendo and PlayStation. <laughs> like, yeah it was, so I didn't understand that you couldn't throw it forwards and stuff. I think it was 15 where I understood, oh, this is a sport I can actually be good at. So that was the that was my first team sport,
1: I think. Yeah. And was that just a local team? Was it like you know, just a local team to you, or was it at
2: through school, university? Like... Uh, it it's starting off at school, and I think yeah. it was like when you go from I think it was when like it was when like year seven, it was year seven, and year eight could play together. That was when right. I first thought, like, oh, I'll play that. And then I think in year eight, I then started playing for a club, started playing for Kettering. So it's right. going to like well, then, after that, I then got told, "Oh, if you go to the gym because you're quite short and you train, you get stronger, you'll be able to play for the first team." So then I right. was like, oh, "Okay, well, I'll do that." So it was always a case of you're playing at this level, you can play a bit higher if you do X, Y, and Z. So I, that's kind of where that where training started. When I was about like four, forty, yeah, fourteen. That's when right. I started training. Cool.
1: And was was there a, was there a clubhouse with a gym, for example, or was that just encouraged for you to go off and get a gym membership, or were you training with other people in the club or?
2: um initially i it's quite it's quite a funny start because if you did this now people would think that's a fucking stupid thing to do but we had a school gym right. um the head of sport at the time knew nothing about lifting <laughs> so we went go on the internet and just find some stuff the first thing i came to <laughs> was actually t nation and bodybuilding.com but this right. is when like the only stuff on there was basically strength conditioning and bodybuilding stuff so most of what i found was actually was actually pretty decent so it was like i'll do five by five do box jumps do power cleans Right. Um, do intervals on the rowing machine i'll make sure you do single leg work um so i found quite a lot of actual cool stuff just doing that so i taught myself and then because i taught myself and because i made so much progress then other people started asking me for help so mm. from when i was about 15 after i'd been training for about a year that's when other people started. oh can you show me how to do that as well
0: oh, i was just going to say like with that um once you found that that was benefiting your rugby what sort of uh, impact did that have on that sport and then how far did you get in rugby sort of thing?
2: Um, I think that initially I was just sort of quite I was quite like a large kid. Like I, I'm pretty sure like I'm what I'm five nine now. I'm almost certain I was five five by the time I was in like year eight. So I was basically almost as tall as I was getting get already, but I was very But <laughs> well, I couldn't change direction. I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't really move that well. As soon as I started training and basically doing a lot of the same stuff that I do now, just in a less structured fashion. I could okay. move faster I understood that like it's not necessarily about like how big you are it's how you lo- use your leverage is. it's about who's that like, stronger more powerful so it made me a much more well-rounded player and I understood that I could train my way into being better because I was fairly I'm not gonna say I was the most skillful person but I was fairly talented in terms of being able to see space and stuff so that took me probably I would say if I didn't train in the gym till later on I probably I, I think I made like what walk- so I got on the bench a few times for championship for a championship club. I played in like the i Cup, which is like their version of the year of um like the Euro Cup, and then played National One, National Two a couple of times, and played a pretty decent level of sevens. So I would say if I didn't go to the gym, I wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have gotten out mm. of purely amateur rugby at all. Like I wouldn't have been strong enough. I wouldn't have been fast enough, and I wouldn't have probably been confident enough either
0: yeah that's so that's so interesting to hear that like what like there was a point when you weren't as athletic as you are now because like <laughs> i was talking to i was talking to some of the guys in the gym the other day and i said like well i'm gonna try and get this guy on uh and uh everyone's like oh my god yeah what what an absolute athletic Do you just yeah. like when, when we look i look at your content especially on your obviously one thing i've noticed is your stories are a little bit different on instagram to your feed your feed posts a little bit uh, different but on your stories you mainly focus on the ronin athletes then every now and again it'll be your training and some of the stuff is very like plyometric and really explosive and I just uh, uh, when I was talking to the guys about it, I saying, yeah what an explosive mm. athletic guy like it carries over so well um, to your performance as a lifter so it's just
2: really interesting hearing that you didn't feel like you were and then yeah. the gym made made you get that way yeah I think I think as well it's got to do with the fact that the people I was around at the time like, our school was quite small in terms of how many people actually went there but the main people that I started playing rugby with or being told like when I was starting to train oh this is like the example of where you could get it was um I don't think he plays anymore but he was like the example that he basically set for us it was a guy called Ollie Story he was I think he played like England sixteens or eighteens like a year early and he was fucking massive like well I say he was massive he was probably the same size as I am now but when you're a kid and someone yeah, like, yeah, it's
0: like, huge what, yeah
2: what in the fucking world is that so there yeah. was him and then all the other guys I was playing with, like two of them still play for, no, they don't play for Saints. One of them's at Worcester, one of them at Saints, um, the Wallers, so Ethan and Alex Waller. So I played a year below them. So all the examples I had of like, oh, this is who you should try and be like, or oh, this is the kind of path mm-hmm. that you could follow. They were like, as far as I was concerned, just a completely different species to me. So I wasn't realizing, oh, you're actually quite good. And you've got some mm-hmm. talent, you learn, like I learned movements quite quickly. I adapt quite quickly to things. All I could see was, well, I've got to catch up with those guys. And then when it was like Saints, it was always a case of the SLC stuff. Most of our age group, when I first went in, it was all bodyweight stuff because there was like simple stuff like people couldn't do a plank for more than a person couldn't do an air squat. So I lift with the older kids. So then it's like, well, okay, I'm way out of my depth here. So I think I always got pushed, kind of almost the bottom of the pile with all of the more advanced people. So then it was like, well, you are going to kind of feel like, oh, I've got some work to do to catch up. And it's not until I think. I got into adult life and started to see other people playing for like senior clubs and more basically more normal people that I realized, oh, actually I'm quite far, I'm quite far along. Like when you teach your first class and someone can't do a, a squat properly, mm. but as in they can't do their squat, like that to me was like, I thought that was really bad, but I thought that was mm. what's happened here? And then it was like, no, most people can't do all the movements that I can do as easily as quickly. So I think maybe I was explosive and I was quite, like athletic when I was younger I probably just ended up being like comparing myself to a lot of older people who are further along mm. and yeah. that's why I'd, I'd push in my head, oh, I've got to work quite hard because I'm not as good as they are
1: yeah God, that's interesting
2: I was wondering as well so that
1: was obviously a time when you were playing rugby a lot more I mean mm. there, there must have been a point where did you decide not to play more rugby I mean was there any injuries or did the gym part just take over as more of an interest or a passion or a career like when did that sort of blur the lines I guess
2: Um, The line started to get blurred when I was, say, trying to think. So I started coaching just general fitness classes when I was 21. 22 and 23 was kind of around the time when I started to get on the verge of opening up my own place with a few other people. Um, And that was around the stage when I started coaching more. I started doing more weightlifting competitions. So I started to look at what can I do so I can still play so I still enjoy it, but I'm going to do a bit more weightlifting stuff. So I started playing league in sevens only. Because that meant that there was everything confined to the to the, to the summer. And yeah. I, I was just well more well suited to those games. I do not have to train as often. So I did that. Yeah. And then slowly got to the point where I didn't play as much league. Because I'd moved into London and I didn't want to find the London club. So I would travel back up to Bedford sometimes to play. Right. Then it was like, I don't really need to play that much. I'm not going to do pre-season because I'm moving for work. And I'm adapting to that because I started mm-hmm. coaching at a weightlifting club in London. And then it slowly just got to the point where I work and weightlifting took over more and more i just kind of slowly let that rugby drop off so i was like well i've kind of gone as far as i was going to go in rugby so i yep. want to play for fun but it doesn't matter if like i take a year off and then have to go back to it but yep. then because of thing that happened it slowly went oh a year off and i'll play like the odd game then it was a year <laughs> off yep. where I didn't play then it was this year where i was actually going to go well a lot of the rugby stuff i did did benefit me so i'll do it again start training yep. start doing fitness stuff and sprinting stuff and then lockdown happened and then that completely absolutely bottled those fights to be
0: able to do any work. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw, on, I saw on Instagram that you'd uh, getting back into like sprinting and um, that sort of stuff. So did like when lockdown hit, I suppose that gave you maybe a bit of an impetus to get out. So obviously the first lockdown was incredible weather. So you're getting mm-hmm. out, doing a bit more sprinting and stuff. So, yeah.
1: You said that um, you started to pick up the, the gym more and, and started losing the rugby side, it started to drop off. So when you were playing rugby at school, were you always thinking you'd have a, a a career in in fitness? I mean, were you trying to study as a personal trainer? I mean, were you doing that on the side? I mean, yeah.
2: How did that sort of become a career uh, and not? Just- I, I think my thing was I had like a few different interests in terms of like training and just general other things when I was yeah. going through school. So like I quite liked music. Okay. I think that's just something that's in my family. Like my dad and my mum are both into music. My brother's also into right. it, and he into training, but he was very where I was. So I think up until Probably until I was 17 or 18, I would do swimming, martial arts, rugby training in the gym and stuff, and then slowly transfer. Right. When I but when I went to uni, it was a case of I chose my uni because that's where my rugby academy was. I had right. no interest in uni. Everyone <laughs> i took gone from my school to a to a university, I asked, Oh, what do you think? Do you think you need to do it to get a job? And most people said, You should, but they kind of went, But you don't really need to go to you, you don't, need yeah, to be yeah, a <laughs> like, you're not going to learn that much. So I went because I'd obviously done all the reading off my own back since I was like in my teens for like weightlifting Mm -hmm. for strength training even for like injury rehab so like all of my injuries were ones where it was like impact so someone plowing through your knee or someone smashing the shit out of your shoulder where it's unavoidable like someone clatters inside of your knee so I I read up enough about like strapping rehab mobility stretching training nutrition where I knew what I was doing I just hadn't been so many people yet so when I went to uni and then someone was like Telling me, oh, you can't squat to below parallel. If you if you don't squat all the way down, like it doesn't activate your hamstrings and glutes. It's not an exercise that involves your back. I was like, well, that's fucking wrong. Like I had an <laughs> argument with my head of with my head of um with the head of my course because he would just say stuff that was wrong. And like and I was mm. like, I was like, that, dude, that's wrong. And then he would and like, have being like, that wrong. Like you're wrong. And then he'd be like, oh, well, uh, I agree with you. He's like, no, I'll get the studies up on my phone now and I'll show you you're wrong. Uh, and that uh, made me lose my shit with like, uni. So I was there. I was there to play rugby. And I was there, to get a basic, a, a basic as fuck degree. <laughs> I bet them. everyone in your in your class loved you for that, didn't they? <laughs> uh, arguing with the tutor. The thing is, like, I didn't, I never argued with him in front of people. Like half the time, I wouldn't show up to the lectures, and a few mm-hmm. times he would try to fail me and some of the others. When like, well, you didn't turn up, because I was like, hey, was my work wrong, and that's what we'd yeah. end up having arguments about. <laughs> arguments with him. Like, some of us would go as like a two, like a group of two or three, and say, "Our work wasn't wrong. Why have you been like, Oh, you didn't show up for the practicals. Like, did we need to?" And he's like, "That's not the point." Well, it is, and it's like that's. <laughs> I was literally there to try and develop a rugby career mm-hmm. and the university thing was like because my old man basically said you can you can go and just do rugby for two or three years but after that if it's not working out you've got to work you're not going to uni mm-hmm. after that the fees go up so I was like right I'll mm-hmm. go to yeah where I'm playing and that was also one of the only places like Bedford uni was the only place that did sports science and personal training at the time oh, so sorry, like, really because I was like well I, I thought I can coach it's probably a job that I'll find more tolerable than doing an office job, so I'll <laughs> I'll get that just in case.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And so then after after uni, you then and you moved to London. Is that what you inside in a, a yeah, weightlifting so it gym?
2: It wasn't straight away. So I probably what so twenty one I started working at basically what was like it was kind of a it was kind of like a like an independent like banner times with David Lloyd. So they had like tennis courts on there. They had I think right. they had like a government on there at some point as well. They had like a little S and C center, which was basically like. It was like a mishmash of like a CrossFit gym and a bodybuilding gym. And then they had the ledger center across the road. Right. I started working there. All the guys that I worked with after that, this gym called Real Fit, actually had just left there because they hated it before I got there. So basically all the people in there after that, they'd gone on just before I got there. So I was inviting <laughs> them. I moved on with them. Then me and this guy called Tommy runs a gym called Tribe Strength now. That was the gym that we started, I'm not even sure what year it was. It might have been like 20, 2016, 2017. Right. started that there, okay. and it's just a case of there was some like stuff in terms of like business decisions and differences in terms of the directions i was yeah. going in the gym going in, which was like it's going to be better off if he just runs it because he was he was like it still does very well now like this so they've stood through it they've managed to stand they've managed to like survive through all the lockdowns they do quite well i moved to london to coach more weightlifting and to hopefully become better at weightlifting yeah and then mm-hmm. i went and worked for um there's a gym called london olympic weightlifting academy I went oh, yeah. there, I did a lot of impersonality, I did a lot of like training there. And basically I just, I kidded myself into thinking, I'll go work for someone because it will be a bit easier. And I just don't, mm-hmm. I didn't do that very well. I think going from owning somewhere to then doing mm. that was very difficult. So then almost all of my stuff transferred to online. So I just went, I'm going to go do it by myself. And then mm-hmm. it kind of exploded because of lockdowns, because we're one of the only places that offers strength and conditioning and weightlifting coaching online as like that's and you're going to get from us, and then everything right. else comes mm. of it. Whereas most yeah. of the places, like, oh yeah, we do like club sessions. You can join our club. We do do online programming as well. If you can't get here, but it's almost like, oh, if you can't get to us, then we'll do yeah, it. Yeah, ours, yeah, Everything is online first because that's the way we can see you the most, and it's also the cheapest. For people, that's so interesting because, like, that that is a real
0: niche, isn't it? Like when you think of when you think of like Ollie lifting in general, you, you usually associate some sort of like spit and sawdust gym. Everyone's all together. So, like, for someone to take it like purely online, I think that's that's quite like. Did you know of anything
2: similar at the time, or was that like a quite a bold move? Um, I've known places that have done it where the online service is like a standalone. So, like, if you can't get there, this is going to be the best thing to do. So, mm-hmm. one of the gyms that kind of did it in a reverse reverse order, which have done it very well, is um, a gym called Willpower Weightlifting in Wales, and they okay. yeah. that's the story of them is quite interesting. I think it basically started off as a guy called Justin and his his godson or his nephew Jordan Sackas, and they basically started off because Jordan wanted to be like a better weightlifter, but they started off doing it for rugby. But they right. just made him do it in a more regimented fashion than I did. As soon as he got to the point where I think he'd made an appearance for Wales under the 16s in rugby, and then gone to Worlds for mm. like under 16s in weightlifting, he went, "Which one do you want to do?" And he went, "Well, hmm. you have a common. You could get, you could win a Commonwealth gold in weightlifting." They switched over, and they slowly brought hmm. the club around him, and then went. And we're going to go online because a lot of people want to come train here, but we don't have space and they're not near us. So yeah. mm-hmm. I looked at that and just thought, well, the main overhead in London is obviously having yeah. brick and mortar. And yeah, so yeah. You end up having to like you end up having to compromise yourself a lot in order to be able to hold mm-hmm. that sometimes because it's like, well, if you don't make enough money, then you have to start doing different classes doing CrossFit classes, putting on yeah. more classes, mm-hmm. and people who maybe don't fit your your like desired demographics. So it's like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Overheads are fuck all. I literally just need to make sure I cover my living expenses, and mm-hmm. then you can build. You can literally just bring in the clients that you want. Because
0: I was going to ask as well. So, so um you train a lot. Uh, um, obviously, when lockdown isn't isn't existent, uh, you're built differently. Dream, uh, built yeah built differently, is it? um yeah. So, are you? How how does that work then with uh, with roaning? Because I see a lot of your athletes training there as well. But yeah. obviously, like you said, you're purely online based. Um, platform. So, is, is it something that that's just a
2: convenient space for you, all, for a lot of your athletes to meet up uh, and train, or um, that that was the place where after I moved and started doing things by myself? So, Damon and Zara are the two are the are the two that own it and run it. Like, there's a couple that runs it. They have absolutely zero interest in doing online programming or coaching. They want to own the gym space. They want to have good people and they want to create a community. But the programming side they don't like. Whereas they mm-hmm. wanted more in, but they were struggling to get them in. I was struggling for a space to in So. Initially it started off, I do a few one-to-ones there and we do a few classes there. But like it is an environment where if you come in as a beginner, you won't be a beginner for very long. But getting mm-hmm. people who just want to do classes wasn't really it wasn't really the thing. But also doing classes for people who just want to casually do a bit of weightlifting in like more of a crossfit style format. Yeah. Ad hoc wasn't really what I was interested in. So as soon as we started doing online sessions, people started asking, can we do group sessions? Would you do team sessions? I was like, Well, it would be nice to have a team. So as a case of you start online. If you are close to us, then you can pay either drop-in fees with us, or you can
0: pay ah, okay.
2: a membership so that you can come right. in and train with us. Either at a gym in Stratford that we have, which is kind of basic for anyone who can't get to Build Differently because it's a bit of a fucker to get to. So it's like further east, whereas i' like Build mm. Differently, so it'd be nice to eventually have other places everywhere else. But mm-hmm. that's just for, that's just for basically for team members. Because if if you're an online if you're an online athlete, then we know you well enough where we know whether you're going to fit into the environment or not. I mean right. you know what to expect so then if you come in if you have 10 members who are all from london one week and then te- and then another 10 join next week who are all, all from up north have travelled down to train with you everyone mm. knows what they're doing because they're all on the same programming style they all have the same group of coaches so mm. you just drop that's in. really cool it's like you've been there the whole time like obviously you're going to meet mm. everyone in person but you're not yeah. standing there being like oh how do i warm up where do i go who am i pairing with <laughs> oh what what's this snatch variation we're doing so like, no you know everything because you've you've been with us for long enough to know Oh, yeah,
0: that's 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 a really cool like like just model. I've I've not I've not actually heard not of anything heard of it, like that. No. Yeah.
1: No, I was just I was just gonna say, have you found obviously that must have been a, a quite established community before lockdown happened? Have you found there's been uh loads of like a massive influx of people trying to get on board? Has it been like hard to sort of say no to some people or has that expanded loads? Like what's the situation?
2: Um yeah, it went from literally I wanted to start this for quite a while, but I was like obviously you get like, I think I don't know if you guys get it, but you kind of get even if it's something you're well capable of doing, you get a bit of imposter syndrome. You're like, ah, do I really, should I really be starting a company? Am I good enough to start telling other people to do? So I started off with um, me and my friend Leah, I got her to start doing a bit of functional bodybuilding and powerlifting. So I was like, I don't want to do that stuff, but people are asking, so she started. And then it was a case of one of my friends, Ian does most of the beginner stuff um, because he's just, I don't know how, but he can coach people purely online and get them to be able to improve the technique, which I can't fucking do. Because if he knows how to lift already brilliant I can take you from there online but if it's someone who needs to learn mm-hmm. online, I really struggle with that whereas for some I don't know what he does but he manages to do that and then it slowly built up so like Samantha's our physio we started doing some physio but then eventually people said oh I've done my rehab but can I stay with Samantha for coaches was like yeah of course you can literally built up and up and up so I okay. slowly built like more and more of a team of coaches and
0: that's cool and I was just gonna say like so you've got that like team now so you've got like uh, I think I saw an Instagram photo the other day where we all kind of stood like <laughs> arms crossed looking menacing. Uh, yeah, the team looks really cool. The environment looks really cool. One thing I was going to ask is like, when I've seen the videos of you guys lifting uh, uh Built Differently, like there's such a hype and like mm. you guys all round the lifts, it looks so cool. Like, is it, has it been difficult? Like, the, like, I know you're quite active um, from what I've seen from you on Instagram um, about like gyms reopening and stuff. But have you found it quite mentally tough not
2: being around that sort of like hype atmosphere um that you guys build up a bit differently yeah i think it's quite interesting as well i think just in general through coaching more and more people i think the guys and the girls are very different um the Mm -hmm. guys tend to like do a lot more stuff like sort of like like zooming each other during training sessions because they're the ones who seem to miss it the most a lot Mm -hmm. of the girls seem to be able to be disciplined and just focus on getting it done and being able to progress a lot easier so i think it's very much a case of especially with like some of the beginners who were just starting to get into it and are starting to get into proper, like, you know, deliberate training, for them as a case of once we help them to allocate kit and they have a space, it took them maybe two weeks and then they are like, okay, I'm used to I'm used to it now, like I can do this. Right. It's guys who are like on the verge of like, let's say going for like so one of the guys that um trains with us, Alan, he's up north. and he went from training in America um to see his wife, came back, started training at his gym, locked down, then he was in a conservatory but it's like you've got you've got a you're trying to hit like a mm-hmm. common like qualification title but instead of being able to go face like head to head with all the guys you're competing against and getting hyped up mm, yeah. do, and you can't you're not cracking windows window. have <laughs> the same you know, thing the case of you go and being told oh you've got all these competitions on you've got these opportunities to compete against people you've got all these all these comps you could do you can go and train with people like you know you can travel down to other people's gyms and have like team sessions to be like You've got to do everything from the same spot. So if you're training your garage, your competition space is your garage. Your training space is your garage. Mm. It's just it, it, mentally, I think it's difficult because people can't all of a sudden go from being like, "Oh, this is my this is my house" to being like, "This is my training center. Oh, this yeah. is the competition platform. And I've seen some people do some like some funny stuff. Like there's a guy called Dapo. Um, he's a power at Bethnal Green, and he's called he's the deadlift connoisseur on Instagram. But he deadlifts. Okay. Um, I fucking hope it's on the ground floor, because otherwise it's risky as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he goes out, turns on a smoke machine, turns on some loud music, puts up like a banner, and then goes back. There's always training, and then it all the way up and back to his room again. But like, it's hard because you've got to try and change your environment so it matches what you're trying to do, which sometimes mm. is, is difficult.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of your Instagram as well that you do a lot of training in, in car parks. I mean, is yeah. that just, is that just downstairs from where you live? Is the equipment, do you have to carry it all down? And how does that work?
2: Is it lucky? It's like, um, so where we live, like there's, um, it's like a secure car park. So like, it's either right. private car parks, so, like there's a, there's like a dentist, and, like a restaurant somewhere around here. So people park there, but then it's a residence only car park. There's next to, but like, it's never even half full. Yeah. And you are the people down there. Like there's a PT who goes down there and coaches because the gym, like opposite where I live. Right. And he goes down there to PT. So there's enough PT outside. Then yeah. it's. It's Just one of the things it's convenient. I just pile a kit in my car, it's all safe there, like it's not gonna get nicked, and then I can right. just roll it out of the train and put it back in because we can I can still get to my gym, but it's like anywhere between an hour and two hour drive, depending on traffic. Right. And you can only get hmm. in at certain times because it's a military base. So the the access is tight, so it's <laughs> like, well, I'm just gonna keep that in there for some the time so I don't have to dick about too much.
1: Yeah, and that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh one thing I was gonna mention as well, as we've seen recently you do doing a lot of work with, with Wit with Wit Fitness. Um yeah. I guess the question would be like, you know, what what is your role there? I mean, how did that relationship come about, uh, and just kind of what
2: kind of work do
1: you do with them? I guess currently,
2: um, that came about. I think is obviously like my like my other half has done some stuff with him before, and then right. there's a guy called Scott Britton. He does a battle cancer charity, yeah. And yeah. I ended up meeting him. I think we did like it was like a IG live, like um like joint workout thing that we took people through for like the battle cancer charity. And I remember talking to him about a bunch of stuff like around sort of like, you know, like race issues and like different issues of that training at home. And um, I think he did uh, like a mental mindset talk thing on his IG live with him. And he recommended me amongst a few other people to them. It's a case if they want to, because CrossFit had that scare where like they were almost not going to be a thing for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think when when we we don't just need to, but we can diversify into different things. So you've got like a guy called uh, Gorka who is, he does strength training as well, but he is mostly like a dancer, but the stuff he does- Yeah,
0: I've seen him, yeah. That's cool.
2: Stuff like that. You've got um uh, like Luke Baden does stuff for Fit, but also does like mostly kettlebell stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like Chris Murray, I think, also does stuff with them. Like Jenny Tong, there's a few different people who are all like from different fitness backgrounds that they want to get in. So it's not just the same. The people who look the same and do the same sport and also kind of like sound and look the same. They want to diversify a bit. So I got in that way just to help them with some of their weightlifting stuff. And mm-hmm. I think it's also because it tends to be that with fitness stuff, I think especially when it comes to the, to the to the commercial stuff within our our kind of area of fitness most of it's in london so they're yeah. looking for people that obviously are unique, that they can work with you can produce good content but also in london because it's a bit more local so i think that's yeah. why i think, think it's a case of knowing the right people just being quite persistent and consistent with what i put out online and then yeah. mm-hmm. luck of location, and luck of location as well i think you'd know better than, than me because you've been uh, immersed in the world of
0: weightlifting for a longer time uh, i've only just kind of recently got into it um but it seems to me that uh, like lifting is really well suited to the medium of Instagram because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're constantly served like short, sharp videos, reels, little videos. And obviously uh, an Olympic lift is such an impressive thing to watch and that like, short format media. Yeah. And I, I wondered if you'd seen like a rise in uh, the interest um, from not, just, so like you said, like, you know, uh, earlier you were saying like, you're not too interested in sort of like the CrossFit style weightlifting where it's more like wads and longer format stuff. But have you seen like a rise in the interest in like a lot of your content from not just solely weightlifters, but more like functional fitness, and it's a wanky term, but functional <laughs> fitness people in general?
2: Yeah, I think we've definitely, because before it was a case of it's people who are weightlifting already in London or from wherever who kind of knew of me and knew of us and then wanted to start getting better because they kind of come to Plateau and they didn't know who else well to ask. And now it's a case of you got, you then start to bleed into, it. it's more like people from CrossFit who are saying, I want to focus more on weightlifting. Yeah. So I want to win up with you. And they still do like some CrossFit stuff alongside of our programmes. And then it got to a point where there's some people who, um they've just seen weightlifting through CrossFit and on Instagram. And they think it looks really cool. They want to learn it. Yeah. So it's got <laughs> where it's just, it's not just, I'm, I'm hoping that because of Instagram and because of more content coming out, it doesn't just seem like weightlifting is for a very, very specific set of people. But as okay. in, you have to almost qualify to even start it. It's a case of more people have just have started asking, oh, I want to learn weightlifting. Would you guys be able to help me? Like, am I? would you be able to help me because I don't know what I'm doing? And it, there's more and more people like that, which I'm really happy about because that's one of the things where I'm talking to the guy who I think this is the CEO of um, BWL, Ash, Ashley Metcalf. Who's saying that you tend to get mostly the same people joining up. So he's like, it's usually like middle class guys from corporate from a like corporate from corporate settings in um in like a crossfit setting or like a normal gym where they come across and want to do weightlifting. And it's usually from the same kind of like places it's people who go into CrossFit who then start want to start doing weightlifting a little bit later on who've already got had a previous sporting background where there's not many people who are like 16, 17 or 18 or like early 20s where they're like, oh yeah, I really want to do weightlifting. And yeah. I just don't do it yet Where they're starting early on That's what they're trying to do And I think that That is starting to come in more Like if you look at the talent That is in the lower age groups Like you've got kids like um uh, Stefano I can't remember his last name His is Stefano the weightlifter On Instagram And he's like He looks like he's about 30 But he's 17 Snatches 130 yeah. Cleaning jerks Pretty close to 165 170 uh, Jacob Finnegan I'm pretty sure He's not even 18 yet Around the same He's doing like 25 50 I think If not more so you're starting to see more people get into it earlier on, which is quite cool.
0: Yeah, that's wicked.
2: Yeah. <laughs> God, some of those numbers. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. One thing that Roy and I were talking about before, we were you know, talking about some of your content, and we're seeing that you do a lot of your still big lifts um, in the Reebok Nanos. And I was wondering, you're obviously wearing mm. Reebok now. Has your relationship with WIT helped? Have they like kitted you out with that kind of gear? Or is that the kind of shoe you'd like, preferably lift? It? I've seen you lifting. in you know actual lifters as well but we just see a lot of you doing big lifts in the nanos is that your preference
2: um yeah so i used to i i really like the Metcons when they first came out because they were quite mm. stiff like the bottom yep. of the shoe was quite tough which is what i do struggle with like i just go through shoes quite quickly like they break down quite easily yeah um the main thing without like the nanos was it just got to a point where i think i'm almost certain like without trying to like Kind of like gosh they brand too much but i'm pretty sure nikes Mike started making their cons less robust to make them lighter yeah. so once it got off like the flyknit threes i just didn't really like them and it just didn't feel stable when i was when i tried the nanos i was like all oh, these are actually quite decent yeah. with my ankle mobility and stuff like unless i'm doing super heavy cleaning jokes i don't really feel like i get anything that much out of lifting in lifters and like even yeah. the lifters i have like i think they're other oh, here like the adidas ones like the heel on them is not exactly it's not exactly massive oh, yeah they're, yeah, like, yeah they're not tall mm. cool ones so I'm lifting in those I do most stuff in them. Like I can work in them, I can train in them, and it just feels like I can just start training whenever I want to. Like yeah, it doesn't feel all like a kit bag to get back and be like, Oh yeah, I've got to sort of get ready for it. So like, well, I'm ready most of the time. Yeah. So nano is my preference. I'm gonna try the new Metcon React because they look pretty decent. But I just I go back and forth between those two. Like it's yeah. always been kind of like nanos or metcons, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I was gonna say, Rory, you picked up a pair of the the nanos quite recently. and then have also got the, the the React. Yeah, I
0: got I got the, had, well, had the Nano Tens and they were quite good to lift in, um, but then I've, I've recently got those um, Metcon Turbo Reacts and I haven't mm. lifted them yet. But they're they're quite stable. They've like a bit more flexible midfoot, so I'm not. To be fair, I've got a feeling they might not be great to lift in, um, but I'm sure you'll be doing about eight times the <laughs> weight that yeah. I will be doing. So
2: <laughs> get a pair if they're in my size. Like this week, well not this week, but next week. So I'm going to try them out. But I'm hoping that they're. That they're back to kind of like how they used to be like mm. around like when yeah. I like met three and fours because I really I really liked those ones
0: yeah that's cool am I right in thinking that you had a virtual um meet recently was there for um... yeah so the
2: English champs just got well I say just gone this Saturday they had a massive fuck up with a virtual like entry portal and oh, also oh, really what, what happened to judging um so basically there was some there was some inconsistency with how some people are putting in their entries and it's being accepted some people were being told that their entries weren't accepted and getting automated emails and they should do some people's like payments weren't going through so they've extended the entry to monday but most of us have done the entries now that was a case um it was an english chance that kind of opened it up because usually you have to be top 12 in the country in your weight class to go mm. um but this time they just said anyone can enter so it kind of opens it up so some people who maybe never qualified before could maybe sneak in and get like a decent placing and then for those of us who want to try and go to the commonwealth games it was one of the first events where you could go to basically try and get into the squad and i think we've got three opportunities so this one there's the british in july if it still goes ahead and then by the end of the year there's commonwealth champs in singapore in like october and that's like the final one where they'll look at seeing you there to be like okay by january we want to we want to know who's in the squad so that was what the last the comp this weekend is gone was for cool and are
1: you, are you confident yeah how you feeling? Um,
2: if they kept, if they kept the, the good weight classes, so if they kept 89s in, I'd be it'd be me and my friend Jack, uh, Jack Dobson, <laughs> oh, yeah. at Blackpool Fitness in I'm not saying Leeds. Um, we are quite close together, We're always within five kilos of each other. That would have been mm-hmm. a good competition, but we've both been shuffled up to 96, so it's oh, it's a tall deal. order. We've all got a, truck, a guy called Edmund Avertissian, who does like mm-hmm. I mean, he he won't he hasn't trained for months. Then just so that he get the year. so he'd won forty, one seventy and he'd be closer to like 50, 90 getting towards the game. So it's a tall order to try and it's catch quite a big weight jump. So... Actually.
1: It's quite a big weight jump, eighty-nine mm. to ninety-six. The, yeah. That can it's, make a well yeah. obviously now, a huge difference.
2: And now it's like the choices are eighty one or ninety six. <laughs> so it's like you going down there. <laughs> so it's the only thing to go God.
1: up. yeah. Uh, one one <laughs> thing I, I just have to say, unfortunately, unfortunately, Chris, we've got five minutes left on the podcast um mm. it's gone super quick I mean we've got we've got through a lot of stuff um but I obviously don't want you to be cut off at the end um Rory do you have any sort of like final questions I mean that's a good point to end on obviously the, the future competitions coming up uh which we obviously wish all the best with and hope that goes well but I don't know if Rory you have any other final kind of questions for
0: no nothing from me I think I got everything that I'd noted down that I wanted to ask but yeah, yeah. uh so if, if we want to wrap it up that that's cool
1: yeah i mean chris thanks so much for taking the time and 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 speaking to us there's some some wicked stories there and uh yeah it's just really interesting to hear about the the online platform rolling strength and then all the stuff you're doing with wit as well so yeah uh obviously we have to let you plug your your instagram account so that people can follow you if they don't already which i'm sure they do but
2: uh yeah if you just want to give a little like send off and uh if you want to find me anywhere my instagram tags k.speed k dot speed uh all lower case, no spaces and then the ronin one I always forget the tag um on instagram we are ronin underscore strength underscore uk and if you want to like find any more information about our coaching or like yeah. find any like written information or like blogs and stuff if you go to roninstrength.co.uk that's those are the three easiest places to find me or all the other coaches okay
1: awesome thank you perfect Thanks yeah. very
2: much for your time, man.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you very week, much. To be yeah, we'll <laughs> let you know when we're going to release it. It'll probably be sometime next week. Cool. Perfect. Thanks for yeah, thanks very much, Chris. Thanks, Cheers. For the time. thanks mate.
0: Cheers, man.